I cannot hear. I can hear myself, but I can't hear you. Oh, that's because I'm there. talking into it. There we go. <clears throat> We're new. Microphones. <laughs> Magic talking sticks. From some far-flung corner of the globe. Wait. The globe is a sphere. How does it have a corner? Shut up. This is the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Now with even more Shivo and a few of their traveling friends. Each of them sharing stories of everyday experiences of travels around the world. Hello, vicarious travelers from all around the globe. Welcome back to Bangkok, Thailand. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. Together, we thank you for following along with our journeys around the world. Coming up on the program, Yo Pickles, the fantastic internet superstar extraordinaire, joins us on the program to share a funny story with us. But before we get into that, what is wrong with me? Where do I start? I need assistance understanding not just what is wrong with me in general, because okay. I know you've got a laundry list of things, but <laughs> today specifically. Today? Do I stink? Uh, I don't think so. Am, I, I, I know that I, I, didn't, I didn't shower, but is my hair at like some crazy level that says this person is a potential serial killer? Oh, definitely not. Was I wearing a shirt today that said, clearly, this person is, in fact, a serial killer? I, I can't speak to what you had on, because you don't have a shirt on right now, but... And don't spoil the illusion. <laughs> but, I will say that I don't know that you have any of those shirts in your wardrobe. Because every Thai person I have encountered today has looked at me as if... I was the first white person they had ever seen. What? The and you just you just went to the the laundry. Let me explain. As you said, I just walked the mm, five hundred meters. I'll convert that to the Americans five hundred yards. Um, <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> to the laundry, a, a trek that I make, if not twice, then definitely once per week. Definitely. I oh because we have laundry you you work and you have right. a job and you and I have clothes that I want to look nice and so we take them to the laundry so right. the people on this soy fifty mm -hmm. I'll try and say it for the ties that's uh, soy hasip now the ties are up there <laughs> because our our listener we have a huge Thai listening audience shy <laughs> they see me on this road all the time right now and and again we live not in the main for wrong white person foreigner district of Thailand. We kind of live a little further away from the from downtown. Still, however, still, it's not like it's only Thai people there. Right. Many of the businesses, the signs are in English for a reason. Right. Because they do cater to the non-Thai population that is here in Bangkok. So it's not like I'm the only white person that ever walks down there. Right. But holy crap, today... I'll begin with, as I'm walking down, lady crosses the street with an umbrella, Thai woman, okay. walks toward me. Now, Thais, as you know, my love, don't like to make eye contact a lot. No. 
This girl from 50 meters away begins looking directly at me with this look of aghast. I'm not sure what the proper word I want to use here, but like, where did this thing in front of me like I was a ship that had just landed in North America and the and the natives were going, I don't understand the big white thing. <laughs> she continues to walk towards me as I'm walking on the same sidewalk and never took her eyes or look of bewilderment off of me. Maybe she thought you were hot. I don't think that was it. It was a look of puzzlement and, oh, God. <laughs> oh. And... And as I walked by, she turned and watched as I walked by. Strange. What, was it as you were going? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like uh, you know the grocery store here where they don't they don't go and stock up like we do in in the states, and they buy little bits and little bits. But this week you had an abundance of laundry because we didn't go for I a long time. I had one bag. No, she could, she did not have X ray vision and could see the thirteen items in the laundry bag. That that was not it. As I walk a little further along, now I have a kid who's fourteen who's sitting on the sidewalk did holding. Did he tell a, you his age? He, well, hold on, holding a sign. To, that was advertising some condominiums that they were opening, right? Okay. Yeah. Holding this sign, of course, the sign is in what language? English. Exactly right. I have to kind of move his sign a little bit out of the way because he's smoking at 14, not paying attention and kind of waving his uh, sign around as many people do, okay. so I stop, whatever. He sees me, has that same look of like, what is this? It's in front of me. And continues to wave his sign with this look of abject horror on his face. So I had to kind of move the sign out of the way and move around him. And he stared at me the entire time, waving the sign. Do you still have the stamp on your forehead? Maybe, but it's very—it's not, it's not like it's that visible. Wait, it gets better. Then when I get to the laundry, three Thai people who are always in there, always in there. Right. The three Thai workers, but not the one Thai worker whose name I think is... Yi or C or something along those lines. She is the one who speaks Mitnoi, means a little, um, English. She is not in there, but that's okay because I'm just going to drop things off. I can count to 13. Sip C. But the last time she wasn't there, you weren't even allowed in. I know, but this time I forced my way in, <laughs> begin counting my clothes in Thai to impress them because they see me do this with her. The worker, all the time, the, all right. the time, and so they get it, and so they're smiling and nodding, and so I get to thirteen, which is uh, uh, sipsam. Sipsam is thirteen. So okay, sipsam, and the girl who's sitting down at the counter to write the number down looks at me like she has never heard the words sipsam ever. Yeah, well, look at the other girl. Okay. And says something in Thai back and forth, back and forth, and so the other girl counts. Guess what she gets. <laughs> Sipsam. <laughs> she gets 13. I heard her say that, and the other girl asks her a question as she's getting that final thing. So she doesn't say out loud, Sipsam. I mean, she said it kind of quietly. I heard right. her, and the girl behind the counter said something to the girl counting, and they chattered back and forth about things. And then the girl behind the counter says to the girl who's counting, in Thai, basically, I'm assuming the, the question was, so what number did you get? And the girl started counting over again. <laughs> I had them so flustered she couldn't even remember the number. Maybe maybe it's like a, a different dialect. You know, like people from uh, Boston 
sometimes it's hard to understand that. Okay. I, I, I grant you that I do not have a perfect Thai accent. I really? grant that. I'm That's that, I know, I know. <laughs> However, when the girl got done counting and said, Sip Sam, I said, Sip Sam. And the girl looks at me and says, oh, Sip Sam. <laughs> she asked me what my name is. Of course, I say Evo, and she just looks at me like, I don't know how to write those words that came out of your mouth, because that's not how you pronounce it. Ties pronounce my name, Ewo. Ewo. But I don't know what she's going to write. Will she write arrow? I have no idea. So I just grab the paper, and I write my name on top, as is often done there. Right. Yeah, the whole time, I just being looked at like craziness. And then trying to figure out what day I wanted to pick them up. I wanted to, it's, it's Sunday. I would like to pick them up on Tuesday. There's a calendar. I point at Tuesday. She then gets consensus from the other two workers in there to make sure that, that I'm actually pointing at Tuesday. And it says Tuesday I, on the I, calendar. I bet you she wasn't making sure that you were pointing at Tuesday. I bet you she was making sure that they could have them done in time. Well, anyhow, my regular Thai girl shows back up as I'm leaving. <laughs> and I said, can I get these Tuesdays? She says, yes, Tuesday. <laughs> so then, final thing, walking back. Walking back thinking something must clearly be wrong with me. Have to walk by the kid, smoking, holding the sign again. Again, here comes the evil person walking by me once again. Get past him. I go. Go to the fruit vendor right by the house who's selling watermelon because I want to get you a watermelon. Thank you. Sign says water, something in Thai 25 and then there's four for 100, which is quite a deal, which is just four <laughs> times 25. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, then I have 25, I had two 20s on me. Okay. So 40 baht is how much I had. I go to the place, and there is a, an older gentleman inside of the, the truck that the watermelons are. It's not, a, it's not okay. a food vendor, the little cart. This is actually a pickup truck okay. with the big He's things on the, the side, yeah. and they've got piles of watermelon. They're going through and polishing and cleaning them like in nice little stacks. So I walk up with my 40 baht in hand, and... The kid outside has that look of horror on his face. Oh, my God. Here he comes. <laughs> and he holds up two fingers. And I say, no, Nung, which is one, hold right. up one finger. And he looks at the money in my hand and holds up two fingers again. Like They're 25 each. I <laughs> so do not have work. 50. <laughs> I have two 20s. So, anyhow, one, okay, one. So, old man hands me... A watermelon from the truck. Right. Old man is not concerned by my presence. Old man is cool. Young kid outside, still puzzled, hands it to me. I hand him the two twenties, and he doesn't even want to take them. <laughs> he doesn't even want to take them. Finally does, and then hands them inside to the old man, who then gives me change and lets me go. And the kid just watches me walk away again, like I had he had never seen someone who looked like me. <laughs> Ever before. Well, I'm glad we're not leaving the house today. Christ. <laughs> or I'm not. Counter to yesterday when we're at a Thai-only big party and no one gave two shits that the two foreigners were inside. No, no. In fact, they were chatting with us and everything. I don't know what's wrong with me today, honey, but clearly, clearly I have the look of evil. <laughs> I uh, Maybe I should accompany you when you leave the house because we don't have a problem when I'm around. Well, you're pretty. That's why. Uh, I don't know about that. Thank you. 
Uh, actually, to be honest, I was a late traveler. Um, maybe eight years traveling. Yeah, there's six of those years I was in Korea. So, like from Korea, I would travel out every couple months and go to like the surrounding Southeast Asia, Asia countries. So that's where everybody's been really kind of watching me travel from Asia. One of the great things about living in Asia is there are so many places to visit. One of the bad things about living in Asia is that Asia is really, really big. The flight from Seoul to Bangkok is seven hours. Ouch! I'm Yo Pickles, and I travel the world and explore the subculture and tattoo industry as I travel and document it in live streaming. Tattoo subculture, live streaming—that sounds interesting. But as you'll hear Chelsea explain. It's more than just a temporary hipster movement. Tattoos in Korea are kind of a big deal, and not always in a good way. Yet, yeah, when I first went to Korea, I wasn't thinking I was going to be a teacher, um, but I've networked my way into like selling myself, and <laughs> I started teaching after a year of being there, and it was game over after that. So I was teaching English for about five years. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, as you can see, I have like I'm covered in tattoos, so like I had to like hide a lot of my the way I am and the way I look to teach there. Um, so a lot of people will laugh and be like, "You're a teacher in Korea, really? Like you're a teacher and you look like a freaking yakuza." Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, I don't look like this when I go to work. Totally different. Totally. My hair yeah. is. Good morning, boys and girls. You know, little do you know that I'm freaking covered in tattoos. No, they don't care. Well, my students don't care. They think it's cool, but the parents. No. Not so much. Yeah. Koreans, they look down upon on tattoos. They don't see it like as art. Anything is just automatic gangster yakuza style. So, not that mm -hmm. I've gotten in trouble, but I've got a lot of looks and a lot of people pointing and touching me. And I got kicked out of a couple. Like I can't go into the saunas or like the pools there because of my tattoos. Oh. But like. Really. I've been into them, and I actually went into them like fully covered, and then. Like in the saunas, if anybody's ever been into Asia, I would, um, they would know like when it comes to going into any kind of saunas, you have to go naked. Um, so I went in covered and then went out naked and yeah, it wasn't a good thing. I got yelled at by Korean ladies and telling me to take a shower and wash my paint off my body and pointing <laughs> at me and it's super awkward getting yelled at by an old Korean woman when you're naked and it's already awkward enough. Like, yeah. So I've, I haven't really gotten in trouble, but definitely yelled at and pointed at and whispered at because um, of my tattoos. You um, would think that by by now there would be some places that are are, are catering. But then again, I'm I'm making an assumption, right? I mean, there's a there's a giant wave of of tattooing happening for Westerners like us. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not without my my own mm -hmm. ink here. Yeah. Uh, is that happening to at least the younger generation yeah. in Korea? Are there? It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. In the last five years, it's um, changed like so crazy. Like would be like 20 years in America. It's just changed in five years. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the younger generation. Uh, when I first went to Korea, it was like you would never see anyone with tattoos showing. Like you would see foreigners or military guys showing it. Um, but like Koreans, not so much. But as the years have passed, like I've seen Koreans with like neck tattoos. They're starting to like kind of roll down their sleeves and show it. Like it's more of a fashion sure. younger. So it's definitely changed. Just like in in America, um, it's kind of become a lot 
busier and popular in the last couple of years too. Um, with newer tattoo machines and new, like all these artists coming out of nowhere doing these amazing tattoos, it kind of just turned their fashion into something big all over the world. Did you get any tattoos while you were in Korea? Most of my tattoos are from Korea. I do a lot with the tattoo industry. Um, I've been working alongside like the Korea Tattoo Artists Association to like help legalize it. It's illegal there. So like the last five years I've focused on teaching English, but also really, really getting involved in the underground tattoo scene. And now it's kind of just, I pretty much run like the underground for English speakers and foreigners there. So I'm like the connector. So I networked, I networked with all the artists that are underground and I networked all the, the foreigners and I've made a middle meeting thing. So my job has turned into like tattoo broker. <laughs> so I pretty much, I help artists get foreign customers and do all the English introductions and bookings and everything. So I just got this one before I left actually. It's yeah. like a, I remember you, I, I watched you get that one on Snapchat. So that was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, most, most of my, um, sloth monkey, most of the tattoos, my bigger tattoos that I have are from Korea because the artists want to give them to me because I've done so much for them. So they're sure. like, please come here. It's still illegal in South Korea to do. Yeah, very illegal. Wow. Yeah, it's only legal if you are a licensed doctor. So you have to be a licensed medical doctor to get tattoos. Yeah, so that's like what I'm fighting. It's like um, pretty much my part of like helping them is um, all the international stuff. So like letting them know that that's the only country besides Japan. Well, like Japan is the same, um, that you have to be a licensed doctor. Um, and the rest of the world doesn't see like tattoos as a medical procedure. Um, <laughs> well, it's more just- Because they're not. <laughs> would, be, would be good one good reason for that. <laughs> Yeah, but um, when it comes to like going to Korea and actually finding a doctor to give a tattoo, um, it's very rare to find them. And if yeah. you do, it's like they do little hearts or little letterings, and it's so weird. It's it's like a real procedure. No, yeah, the guys I, like it's an operating room or something, and everybody's wearing like all these like it's it's cray cray. But yeah, if your first tattoo in in Korea was it way underground or was it a hey come on in it's a big party. Um, definitely uh, underground experience. Um, I to rewind a little bit how I even met tattoo artists. Like I was invited to like an invite only like underground tattoo convention, which I was like, "What? There's tattoos in Korea?" Because I never saw them. I was like, "People actually do tattoos here. Like everybody's so like perfect and walking around in suits and like everybody's like it's all about appearance." Like I didn't think that there are that many people with tattoos. I didn't see them. Anyways, I got invited to this underground invite only kind of party and. That's when I was like, oh, my God, there's underneath these suits are body suits. There's these guys that have like the full on Japanese yakuza suits. And there's like an underground subculture scene that I never knew about. But I actually met my artist there. But getting to his shop um, was pretty scary because like you're a little story. There's no signs out front or anything like yeah. it's already sketchy enough to like like at the time walk out in Korea without really knowing where you're going and not be able to read the language or the signs um, and just walk around and trust that this is not going to get you in trouble or anything. You're just going to walk through. And <laughs> I was there under like military. My ex was in the military and it's illegal to get um, tattoos. You're, it's banned like to get tattoos in Korea because it's illegal. So like mm. I was putting like my, my ex's like job on the line by going out and doing right. this. And like, it's like a little bit scary. Um, and then having to like, listen to this guy who has broken English to get me to like this alley that go upstairs, do this, look for this. Like 
there's no sign just walk up and it's like oh my god but never never like once i got in the shop and it was like an actual shop and nothing changed actually looks looks better than most shops in america cleaner like like perfect place i was definitely feeling better once i got up there but most tattoo shops in korea don't have signs it's like going to a speakeasy. You have to, okay, there's a guy on the yeah. corner. You have to give him a hard-boiled egg and yeah. ask for directions <laughs> to yeah. the dry cleaners. <laughs> ask that. That's like what my job is now is just helping the foreigners, like, get to these shops. Like, you can't just find these shops. Like, you have to kind of know someone to know someone to get you into these shops and, like, get to the shops physically. Because a lot of them are in basements or, like, somewhere that you would never expect to see a shop. Mm -hmm. Once you get to the shops, they're legit shops, but like through like neighborhoods and alleys and go down, knock three times at this door, or look for this sticker. Like, so like my job, like I've taken pictures, like walking around this, the city to get to the shops and like drawn like with Snapchat, like on the pictures and save right. them all. So it's like, follow this arrow, look for this Korean sign, turn left here, go down. I know it doesn't look like you're going anywhere. Just keep going down this basement and yeah, that kind of stuff. the show this is episode 30 and you know what that means from us right big changes next week special thanks to kevin mcleod of incompetech.com for all of the music used in this episode for evo Terra, i'm sheila d thanks for listening to this episode of the opportunistic travelers podcast see you next week with some new things funding for this podcast and all the great content shivo produce is made possible by listeners just like you. Visit shivo.wtf slash postcards to pledge your support and get a handwritten postcard each month as they travel abroad. Additional funding provided by Travelsmith, inspiring people to go places they've never been and keeping Shivo looking smart and well-outfitted on their journey. And if you want to travel the world, it's cheaper than you think. Visit shivo.wtf. How appropriate. For more details... And click on the house sitting link to find out exactly how they afford to travel the world in style. See you next time on the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. <laughs>